Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, what is popping? Full on recovery mode. For you. For me, yes. I, I smell like beer. You do smell like beer. Do you feel You can smell it? No, I can't smell the beer, but can you smell it on you? Yeah. It's kind of like when I jump in the pool at the LA Fitness and I reek like chlorine for the next God, three days. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, no. You want to tell the people what you did yesterday? Celebrating your annual trip day of birth? Trip around the sun? Yeah. No, my awesome wife, we went to a beer garden where we freaking, I mean, freaking bathed in beer for 30 minutes. That was an awesome experience. Had antioxidants and all some other kind of stuff. You went in the sun. It was like an experience. There's only three in the entire United States. Yeah, that's cool as all get out. Like, I wanted to do that. They offered it in Prague when yeah. we were over there four years ago for Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Well, Oktoberfest is in Munich. We took the train over to Prague, mm-hmm. and I never got a chance to do it. I couldn't get enough people in my group to be like, yeah, that sounds like a great Shit time. Shit was amazing. And they do it here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I want to do it now. Yeah, it's amazing. You sit down, you have some beer, you walk through. Yeah, it's... You have some beer while you're soaking Literally, there's beer. Literally, there's that. You have a keg tap next to your... Yeah, next to your... It's in a uh, wooden tub. It's like you're a, a Viking or some shit. That is so cool. It's amazing. Well, happy belated birthday. Yeah. I just got back from Fort Worth, Texas. Haven't been, probably won't ever go. Yeah, I couldn't recommend it. <laughs> I could have told you that before you got on the plane. Nah, I wouldn't tell people not to go, right? Like, I, we went to Dallas for a day, did a phenomenal JFK tour. Like, awesome from, JFK tour. From what tour. I hear, Dallas isn't Texas, from what I hear. People in Texas don't say it's Dallas isn't Texas. Well, Fort Worth and Dallas are definitely two separate mm-hmm. towns that, that very well embrace who they are and who they're not. So Dallas is not Fort Worth and Fort Worth is not Dallas. They do not want you to think that one of them is 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 the other. So stupid. Yep. And Dallas, I'd been to five years ago and it was a place that I was like, yeah, had a good time. Don't know if I need to come back. However, going back just for the day, just to do this JFK tour, I was like, ah, I could be convinced to come back to Dallas. And the same thing with Fort Worth. Like, I do not want to knock Fort Worth because I did enjoy my time in Fort Worth. I did. I had some really good barbecue. I had the worst Mexican food ever. Let's go. Ever. I'm talking, you could have gone to the local Texaco station at 2 a.m. and ate what they had left over. Probably even better. And it would have been better. This place is called Joe T. Garcia's. And people are going to want to hang me for saying this. Trash. We stood in line for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. because that's what you do to drink terrible margaritas. Let's go. To then get inside and have the most lackluster, non-flavor popping Mexican food that I've ever had. Sounds like a great time. So Joe T. Garcia's, I'm sorry, does not get the vote of myself. Not too of, the, of my wife or the two other couples that we stood in line an hour and a half for on that cold I'll stop you Saturday right, I'll night. stop you right there, and that sounds like a self-inflicted wound because after 20 minutes of waiting in line, I would have been like, let's just go to Taco Bell. Well, you should have gone to Taco Bell because it would have tasted a whole lot better. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But we're not here to bore you about Dustin's trip nor my birthday shenanigans. We're here to talk about what, Dustin? Oh, we're going to get into LLPAs today. Yeah, the universe has spoken to us. Loan level pricing adjustments. We're going to speak to the consumer. We're going to speak to realtors. We're going to speak to mortgage lenders. 
uh, anyone who is involved in obtaining or writing home loans, or they rely on the housing industry to make a living. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's interesting that we're going to talk about LLPAs because it actually was part of a class that I taught. And it's also a question that we just received on TLOP online. Mm -hmm. So for our hardcore TLOPers, they know that we have a website. It is TLOP, T-L-O-P, online.com. Or if it's easier for you to just type it all out, the loan officer podcast. Dot com, mm -hmm. But on that website, not only do we have like boatloads of additional content to consume for your educational and entertaining um, value or in, in, in entertainment value, entertainment value. You're welcome. OK, thank you, John. Uh, or the guides, the trackers, the links to various resources. We have an online community or a forum Think mm -hmm. like Reddit, but just for this. And nonetheless. A question came in regarding LLPAs. I'm like, cool, well, let's talk about it, especially because LLPAs are back in the news. Mm. And Fannie Mae announced last week that they were going to be adjusting their LLPA matrices beginning in May. Okay. It's like, oh my gosh, WTF, LLPAs are all around us. If it's all around us, it must be the, uniform, the universe talking to us yep. about them. Yep. So where would you like me to start, John? What the hell is an LLPA, and do I even need one? Mm-hmm. Cabs, I, I can answer that for you. We'll start with the basic LLPA, Loan Level Pricing Adjustment. You're like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Risk-based pricing as it pertains to your interest rate. So if you are a borrower, a homeowner, or want to be a homeowner, that you're looking to buy a house, and your lender, your bank, is pricing out your loan, and your loan is a conventional conforming loan, which by the way, 50% plus of the loans that are originated in the United States of America are conventional conforming, right? Mm -hmm. So more than half. The odds are in your favor that at one point in your life, you're gonna have a conventional conforming loan. And by the way, all loans follow some form of risk-based pricing, just like insurance follows risk-based pricing, right? Like. If you have diabetes and you're trying to get a certain type of medical insurance or life insurance, you're going to pay a higher premium than someone who doesn't potentially. If I drive a Corvette, I pay higher car insurance than someone who drives a minivan. Mm -hmm. If I drive a Corvette and I've had a DUI, I pay way more insurance than someone who has a Corvette and no DUI or way, way more than someone who has no DUI in a minivan, right? Mm -hmm. So risk-based pricing is literally all around us. As it pertains to home loans and conventional conforming loans, then the risk-based pricing is deemed LLPA. It is imposed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Those are the two quasi-government agencies that fall under the direction of the FHFA. They are their conservator. The FHFA is the conservator of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are basically brother-sister companies or quasi-government agencies that lenders deliver their loans to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's just kind of where Fannie and Freddie come into play. And they get to set the pricing. So the pricing is what they tell lenders, hey, if you're going to deliver us a loan, it better come with these pricing hits or pricing adjusters added in. Because if, if you didn't price your loan accordingly, we're still going to charge them to you. So these are additional fees that Fannie and Freddie assess to the lenders and the banks who go out and produce the loans. When we go to deliver those loans to Fannie and Freddie, we need to have collected for or baked into the pricing or added into the pricing 
these loan level pricing adjustments. Have, That's what it is. Has the, have these always existed since the beginning of time in mortgages? Have LLPA has always been a part of it, or is this something else? My memory goes back two decades, and the answer is yes. Okay. Yep. So I'll answer yes to that. But they change. Okay. And and we can talk about some of those changes. And there's also sometimes that the LLPAs are relieved. And we can talk about some of those those relief measures that are that are taking on. You did ask the question, maybe with a little bit of humor behind it. You asked the question, do I need one? Yeah, do I need this? Is well, this for me? I mean, you don't need it if you don't want a home loan. Mm. Right? You don't need it. No, it's and you don't get a choice. Okay. If you're obtaining a home loan and your home loan is going to be a conventional conforming home loan, then you just know your pricing will come with an LLPA. And this is a good point, actually. Your pricing comes with certain LLPAs. Your sister's pricing comes with, with certain LLPAs. Then my college roommates comes with a set, all based on your unique situation. And I think that's what people have to, have to understand. There's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage or mortgage rate. Right, we talk about mortgages must be tailor made to match your financial needs, wants, and goals, as well as match what you qualify for. But they also have to take into account your unique characteristics. If your credit score is a 690 and not a 790, there's going to be an LLPA, a pricing hit that goes into your loan. If you are buying a condo and not a single family home, there's going to be an LLPA to you because it's a condo, meaning there's gonna be a pricing hit or you're gonna have a higher interest rate or have to pay more points. If you're buying that as an investment property, you're gonna have LLPAs imposed. If your loan size is under $100,000, you may have LLPAs imposed. If you're waiving the need to have your taxes and insurance included in your monthly payment, there's going to be a fee that's going to be imposed. So any one of us can go to the Google machine. We can Google Fannie Mae LLPA. It'll bring up a PDF file. We can look at it. Now, for many of you, when you look at it, it's going to look like me trying to read Greek. Not going to make sense. But it makes sense to your mortgage loan originator. It makes sense to your lender. They can walk you through it. At a minimum, you can pull it up and be like, oh, crap. So there isn't like one interest rate that's posted in the Wall Street Journal every day? No. No. It doesn't work that way. Hmm. It doesn't work that way. There is an MBS market that is traded that gives us an idea of what mortgage rates should be. And then there's various pricing adjusters that have to then be included into your pricing. Now, when they adjust it, is it to like offset a cost? Is it so someone gets paid on the back end? Is it so someone's not getting ripped off? You know what I'm saying? Offsets risk. That's what it comes down to. An LLPA is a risk adjuster, right? So it's been deemed that, John, if you are going to, to, you already own your house and your house has a bunch of equity, you already have a mortgage, but you want to obtain a new home loan, you want to take some of that equity out, that's called a cash out refinance. It is deemed that a cash out refinance is more risky than a purchase. So the interest rate, John Coleman with your credit score, with your debt-to-income ratio, in your geographic location, at your loan-to-value, all of these things, by the way, go into your, your pricing. Your rate would be higher or your interest rate would be more expensive on a cash-out refinance than it would be on a primary home purchase, hmm. right? Because there's an LLPA that has to be accounted for. 
Now, sometimes these LLPAs could be 300 basis points, which to you and most people listening, you're like, what is 300 basis points? 300 basis points, if you had to pay that out of pocket, would be 3% of your loan. So for example, hey, John, today's rate is 6%. But because of your unique characteristics, there's 300 basis points of LLPAs that must be taken into account. So John, I can either charge you three points or 3% of your loan amount up front and still offer you that 6% rate. Or John, if you don't want to come out of pocket, let's say nine grand because your loan amount was 300,000 or you don't have nine grand, I can look into pricing in those 300 basis points into your interest rate. And maybe by doing so, instead of offering you a 6% rate, we can offer you a seven and a quarter percent interest rate. But wait, that sounds higher. It is higher. But I don't get to make the rules. I'm just a lender who's trying to originate home loans and then deliver those home loans to the market. The market is Fannie and Freddie at this point. And Fannie and Freddie are saying that if I deliver a 6% interest rate to them with John Coleman's characteristics, I need to also deliver it with an additional 300 basis points in premium. Either make John pay that up front or they will allow me to work that into John's rate and let John pay that 300 basis points over time. Because you are correct. The difference in payment between a 6% rate and a seven and a quarter percent rate, if I do my math as quick as possible, would be somewhere around, gosh, uh, let's say 300, 300 bucks, right? Let's say it's $300 difference. I don't have my HP12C in front of me. And my brain's still a little bit foggy from being in Fort Worth for the past six nights. But you as a consumer have that choice. Pay 300 bucks more a month for the next however many months that you have this mortgage or pay the three grand up front. Fannie and Freddie and, and their conservative, the, F, the FHFA, don't care. Your lender and bank doesn't care. What we care is that we help you purchase a home. What we care is that you can afford the payment. What we care is that we close you on time. What we care is that we gave you all your options, answered your questions, made ourselves crazily accessible to you. And then you can choose which pricing strategy made the most sense for you. But yeah, you didn't have a say that you had to pay 300 basis points because you were borrowing 95% and not 65%. Because you had a 690 credit score and not a 790 credit score. Because you were purchasing a condo and not a single family home, right? Like these are all the things that when you pull up the, the, the matrix and it, it's a matrix, it's a matrix you'll get to see, oh, wow, if I put 40% down, I qualify for some discounts. Oh, wow, if I do this, then X will happen. That is essentially what an LLPA is. So I have a little printout here on the, uh, on the table for those that are watching us on YouTube. You can see me do this. For those that are tuned in on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that you go to find your podcast for listening enjoyment, you can't see me do this, but I would encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. Um, the forum person had written, I was wondering if you could explain LLPAs. I think we've done that. Answer the following questions. How LLPAs impact the borrower with regards to their interest rate and payment, the benefits to borrowers of the new LLPA waiver program. I'll get into that in a second. And how all of this can translate to a sales pitch. I can help you out there as well. Mm. They later went on to read, from my research, I understand that 
LLPAs are assessed to the lender and passed on to the borrower. You are correct. That is 100% how it works. Then they go on to give some examples. And if the same borrower meets, all right, cool. Yeah, this gives us some really good guidance to, to continue moving forward. We've discussed what an LLPA is. We discussed how it impacts the borrower, that it is imposed by Fannie and Freddie to lenders. Lenders then pass that cost along to the borrowers. And yes, contributor, Fannie Mae most recently announced that they are going to be waiving LLPAs for certain borrower types. The major borrower type that I think resonates the most is first-time homebuyers whose income is at or under 100% of the area median income. Now, you need to know what is your area, area median income. And I'll tell you, Google Fannie Mae area median income calculator, lookup tool. It's actually a lookup tool, lookup tool. And you will find a link that allows you to do so. John, that would be great for the website, actually. There you go. That would be great to actually put that on the website if you could maybe add that to your to-do list and get it done sometime, I don't know, by next month. Good? Good. Um, he's like, oh, whatever, Dio. As he just stares at me. I am selling this. As a mortgage loan originator, I am using this as a way to get my foot in the door with real estate offices and with new home communities. Because my employer is passing along that savings to me at the street level. Not employers will do this. They don't have to, right? I mean, just because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac impose certain LLPAs, your employer can choose to just disregard it altogether, or they can choose to also add their own. Because employers, mortgage companies, banks, lenders, they are trying to make money. They have to make money in order to keep their associates paid, mm -hmm. in order to keep the lights on, in order to not go out of business. So just know that just because Fannie says the LFPA needs to be 50 basis points, your employer may say it's 60 basis points. Just because Fannie Mae says that we're going to waive LLPAs for these types of people doesn't mean that your employer is going to pass that savings along to the street level. They may keep that savings for themselves because they're using that money to offset losses they're taking in other products, or they may use that money to invest in technology, or they may use that money uh, to pay debts that they owe from last year when they didn't make money. But it, with when and if your employer is passing along those savings, I'm using this to get my foot in the door because I'm telling my realtor community and my home builder community, hey, guys and girls, I have great news for you. I have access to reduced interest rates for certain first-time home buyers. This is every reason why you need to be pre-approved. You need to be sending all of your borrowers to me for pre-approval because I don't know if every lender in America is going to be participating in this. And I don't know if every lender in America is going to be passing along these savings to the, to the street or to the end consumer. But I can tell you that it was recently announced by Fannie Mae that they are going to be removing certain risk-based pricing for first-time homebuyers who meet certain income requirements. And Mr. Realtor or Mrs. Home Builder, I don't need you to do anything besides just refer me. And then know that I will seek out these particular savings for your borrowers that are eligible. It's that easy. And that's my script. That's what I'm taking to the market. But what we are finding, and Kevin Murphy just had one of these. So Kevin Murphy's been on the show. 
He's a good friend of mine. He's a top 1% mortgage loan originator. And Kevin had a borrower who had a 623 credit score. Like that's the bottom of the barrel credit score. So you better believe there's some LLPA hits to anyone with a 620 credit score. And they were only putting 20% down. So there's an LLPA hit for an 80% loan to value instead of maybe a 65% loan to value. And they were buying a condo. Oh my gosh, there's an LLPA hit because it's a condo. And their loan size was a lower loan amount, which by the way, there are LLPA adjusters based on loan size. But they were first time home buyers and their income was under the 100% AMI for Orlando, Florida. All of a sudden, this borrower's rate went from seven and a quarter where they had to pay two discount points to six and a half, no discount points. Hmm. How amazing is that? Right? That was something that Kevin was able to do. The minute this was announced, he went through his pipeline and he started looking for the loans that he had recently locked in to see if any of those borrowers would be eligible. So this borrower was already locked in at seven and an eighth paying two points. Kevin was able to call them. What a cool phone call That'd to make. What an awesome phone call to have, yeah. right? Hey, I'm saving you 2,500 bucks a month and, I'm sorry, 2,500 bucks up front mm -hmm. and I'm, paying you I'm saving you $70 a month in your payment. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. So, and you can look up these changes. Now, you also need to know that Fannie Mae made another announcement about some upcoming LLPA changes. And the market as a whole hasn't really embraced these changes. In a way, they're being deemed, and I'll be full transparency here. This happened last week. I was in full-blown going out of town preparing for a major conference mode. I haven't had a chance to geek out on the changes or read a lot of the various articles that summarize the changes mm -hmm. because I do sign up for the Fannie Mae lender letter updates. Anyone can go to Fannie Mae's website and sign up to receive email notification anytime a, a new lender letter comes out. Mm -hmm. So I, I received my email, I clicked on it, and I basically said, holy crap, I'm going to have to like pull up the old matrix, the new matrix, and literally compare chart, 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 and see where there's changes and see where they're positive or negative. Luckily, people have, at this point have already done this for me. I just have to go back and read the work that they've done, read the, the research that, that they've accomplished. But what I'll tell you is the overall consensus coming from the mortgage banking community is that these upcoming changes are Robin Hood changes. They're making it more expensive for high qualified uh, borrowers and they're taking the extra money that they would be raising and they're subsidizing pricing for what would be deemed lesser qualified borrowers. Mm. Now they have their rhyme and reason for doing that, right? And I'm sure it comes from a good place, but there's definitely people who are up in arms and not feeling like it's quote unquote fair that you're gonna penalize people who are well qualified so, so we can subsidize people who are unqualified. But I think the consensus is, well, those that are well qualified are also maybe people who came from different backgrounds and they're not necessarily first generation or they, they're not necessarily have been overlooked uh, subsects of the American populace where maybe we can help more people become homeowners if we do this. Mm -hmm. So check that out because there are going to be articles uh, related to this and, and it is going to impact pricing. Most times, like I'll be honest, most loan originators, we just type in our scenario and price it in a pricing engine. And it is what it is. I mean, I can't 
change what Fannie and Freddie are going to do. I can't dictate the direction of the FHFA. Now I can get involved in my trade organizations and I can shameless plug for our friends at the Mortgage Bankers Association, but I can donate whether it's to MORPAC or to MA, the Mortgage Action Alliance, or uh, MORPAC is the Mortgage Political Action um, Committee. Mm -hmm. And I can hope that my trade organizations are advocating on the behalf of myself, my company that I represent, and the borrowers that we serve. But I can't change what Fannie and Freddie are doing with their LLPA, so all I do is roll with it. I can know what it is so I can explain it. And in, in the case of the most recent changes that have already been implemented versus the changes that are go going to be implemented in May, the most recent changes that were implement, implemented in real deal were the benefits. They were the, the LLPA waivers, we'll say, for first-time home buyers who are at or under 100% of median household income. The new ones don't really benefit that many people. They're more just changes. And again, the best way I could explain what those changes are going to be, because they don't uh, go into play until May, they're basically going to make lending more expensive for certain borrowers so that they can make lending a little bit less expensive for others, other borrowers. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be my best way of describing that. What do you think? We lost people with this episode? No, this or do you think they're able to follow along at home? This is great. This is good to know. Okay. Because I don't know what the hell they were before this. Do you feel like you have a general idea? Yeah. I mean, look, Google. Google Fannie Mae loan level pricing adjustments. Right? Google the lookup tool for the area median income. Google the articles that are currently out there that will explain exactly what the upcoming changes do. Mm -hmm. But you're only doing that so that you can be a better and more articulate professional. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't change it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, can't really give a whole lot of right. thought or care, but you should definitely understand it so you can explain it. Well said. All righty. Well, that was fun. It was. Fun for me, at least. <laughs> I could I mean, tell. Everyone else was like, dude, that one was boring. <laughs> that was good. But uh, yeah, that's loan level pricing adjusters explained, also known as like risk-based pricing. Um, if you guys continue to have questions like this or you dig episodes at Geek Out, like let us know. We enjoy hearing from you. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm Dustin, last name Owen on LinkedIn. Check out the website if you haven't done so already. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and continue to give us five-star reviews and share the heck. Share, damn it. Share the heck out of this content. So, John, we are going to be in Tampa, Florida. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, on January 31st. Let's go. Ybor yep. City. We are not going to be going out. Uh, you and I are going to slide over there Friday night. Uh, we're probably going to have dinner. We're going to go to bed early because we have to get up early and get over to the venue so we can get set up. But it's going to be a fantastic event. I'm speaking. Um, mega producer Mike Smalley is going to be speaking. And uh, we have one of my favorite TLOP faculty uh, he's been a guest on the show, Brett Young. Shout out, Brett. Brett's uh, founder, owner of Urban Young Insurance, one of the largest independent mortgage, uh, in mortgage <laughs> insurance brokerages in the state of Florida. But he is one hell of a business leader, mm -hmm. one hell, hell of a salesman, and a great coach. He's a great business coach as well. So we're going to be speaking at that event. I'm doing an event for the... Um, or no, the state of Florida MBA, but that event's already sold out. So um, they've asked me, hey, Dio, we appreciate you talking about it, but they're already sold out. And um, they asked the venue to open up 10 more 
uh, seats. They did. They sold those out. Mm. So unfortunately, if you're not uh, already registered and paid to come to the Orlando State of Florida NBA event, um, you have to wait till next year. The Tampa event, I think they have 40 RSVPs, and the uh, the event holds 50. Mm. So we do have that on the website for our folks who live in uh, Southwest Central Florida, as I like to call Tampa. Southwest Central Florida. And we are still working with um, uh, a couple MI partners about uh, putting on some TLOP events. I know right now we're still in the works of, for Birmingham and Alabama, so stay tuned for that. Damn. Whew. There's right. not enough time in the day. Not enough time in the day. <laughs> oh my God! Fumbled. Was that a challenge? No. Was that, was that a challenge? No, that was like no. I was like, I was like, uh, maybe there are just twenty-four hours in a day, John. I only need to sleep eight. Like, figure that one out. Nonetheless, hey, look, his name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. That is all the time we have for you today. But we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.